Good day, good folks. You are listening to Talk That Keeps You Woke. And with your awakening, we hope that you will take in the information and knowledge we provide. So make sure you like and subscribe while you hop on this ride as we inform, persuade, entertain, and engage in discussion. Welcome to Potlicker Podcast, which is knowledge to feed your soul. I may go one half of Potlicker. I go by Dr. A, the inquisitive one. A great debater, Mr. Slow Talker, a rhetorician, and an all-around nice guy, and a member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. The other half of Potlicker is my homie, my dear friend for more than 30 years, Kim Parker Jackson Esquire, the legal one, Mrs. Creativity, never obnoxious, the gifted one, a terrific lady, and a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Well, well, what's happening, partner? How was your week? Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to everyone. Hi, Dr. A. How are you? I'm making it. I can't complain. Everything is copacetic, as we used to say. Yes, we made it through another week. Yes. For those listening or watching for the first time, we welcome you to Pot Liquor Podcast. Please email us at potlickershow at gmail.com and check out our website at potliquorpodcast.podbean.com. Like always, we like to start each episode out with our wow of the week, which stands for words of wisdom. And this week, our words of wisdom comes from Shirley Chisholm. And she says, you don't make progress by standing on the sidelines, whimpering and complaining. You make progress by implementing ideas. Basically, don't talk about it. Be about it. (laughs) Um, uh, As you know, she was the first uh, African-American woman to run for president of the United States. So you don't make progress by standing on the sidelines, whimpering and complaining. You make progress by implementing ideas. What do you say, partner? Yes, I agree with everything you said. And I think she was the personification of what she said, because I'm sure she had a lot to complain about back then. But instead, she actually ran for president. And I I actually believe that she knew she probably would not win the presidency at that time. But I think that she knew one day a black woman would be president and she just wanted to let us know what the possibilities were. So, I mean, what's the worst that could happen, actually, if we just get out there and try to implement our ideas? The worst that could happen is that you would fail and then you would just try again. All right. That's Shirley Chisholm, everyone. And she is our wow for the week. So before we move on, we're going to start with our first plug of the week. And that is Deer Park Water. So today I want to talk about a product that my family uses. It's called Deer Park Water. So this is the brand of water that we usually get. Um, We actually have the big 
industrial size jugs that you put on the actual uh, the water cooler. We have those delivered. Um, and sometimes the delivery is a little spotty. So in between those deliveries, we would actually go out and buy the cases of Deer Park water that come in the individual bottles like this. I don't know if you saw the Dion Cole comedy special on Netflix when he talked about, <laughs> I think it was the latest one called Charlene's, Charlene's Boy, I think. And um, he said, you, you know when you're in a black person's house because they had the case of water on the floor. <laughs> Did you see that? <laughs> It's funny because that's where we have our cases. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. We do too. <laughs> we, we, we do. Deer Park Water. Back east they have that. Uh, but down here I think it's Ozarka or Poland Spring they have uh, as the water. All right. So we And let us move on. Oh, what's going on? What's going As we jump into what's our what's going on. The first thing of today is Utah is attempting to pass a bill requiring kids under the age of 18 to get their parents' permission uh, before using social media. So what do you have to say about that? I am actually a proponent of these laws because I've witnessed firsthand how social media can uh, negatively impact teenagers. I think it's, it's possible for us to agree with some of these Republican governors, even though they can do some outlandish things. But this is one time I actually agree with uh, what they're proposing to do with these laws. Um, for me, I try to keep my kids from even getting a cell phone for as long as possible. Um, they didn't get a cell phone until they were in like seventh or eighth grade. And that was actually sooner than I wanted, but I was uh, overruled by my husband who thought it was important for them to have the cell phones just to, you know, keep in contact with them and that kind of thing. But I, I'm a proponent of this legislation because I do think that these technology companies, they do, uh, they do things to make the technology addictive for the kids. And so I would love to see the government um, regulate that a little more. Um, I, I mean, social media and just being on your iPhone, on your phone, whatever phone you have, being on it, can, it can take up a lot of time and it, it can be addictive. And so if it's difficult for adults to sort of uh, have self-control, then imagine what impact it would have on children who are still developing those skills of, uh, you know, self-control. So again, I definitely am a proponent of these of these laws and hopefully they will have a positive impact what do you think well yeah i understand why they're doing it um i'm a collegiate professor 
So I have students. And so I try to tell them this is the time you should try to shut down your phone uh, and all social media. Now they're over the age of eight, <coughs> excuse me, over the age of 18. So this law wouldn't impact them. But, you know, I like some of the things uh, that's in the bill. Um, it, it's enforced between 10.30 p.m. and 6.30 a.m. Um, for kids under eight, uh, 18. Also, uh, the use of privacy, the hate speech, the misinformation, and they said there are a lot of harmful effects that, you know, um, deal with teens and their mental health. So the spirit of the bill seems like it's in the right direction. So I don't have any complaints with that. Um, mm -hmm. And they also said that other states may adopt this bill too. It won't just be in the state of Utah. Right. So other states have um, similar proposals that they're sending out. That's on the one hand. Uh, on the other hand, I always look at the business side of things and see like how harmful it's affecting uh the companies um the social media companies um so that's something to to look at but yeah i'm 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 in agreement with a lot of things on the bill the most they would have to do is is implement some type of technology that can sort of screen, you know, the ages of the children when they come to the sites and that kind of thing. So, I mean, I don't feel sorry for these companies at all. They're making millions and billions of dollars. So, you know, it's just going to cost them a few dollars just to <laughs> put in some technology that can sort of um, regulate the, you know, when and where children use it. And um, I, how, how the big the big question is, how do you enforce it? Well, that's what everybody's asking. And I think, um, you know, the article raised that issue as well. It's not it's not clear how it will be implemented and it's not clear how it will be enforced. But I think just the fact that the laws are going to be passed is is important because it's going to highlight to parents the gravity of this situation. I mean, people may not even realize, you know, how damaging exposure to uh, this technology can be for children, the social media sites and whatnot. And so, you know, if these, if these laws are put in place, I think it will give parents pause and help and, you know, just cause them to pay more attention, you know, cause it's like, okay, if these laws are passed, what, you know, this must really be pretty bad. Let me, you know, take a second look at it. And so just for that very reason, I think it's a good idea just to 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 just raise the alarm to parents so that they can pay more attention to this serious issue. Yeah, um, like I said, I think they're headed in the right direction. Um, just would like to read more about it yeah. and how they're going to roll it out. So, yeah. I mean, of course, the lobbyists are saying that this is uh, infringing on the First Amendment rights of these technology companies. Of course, they're going to say that because we're living in a capitalistic society, which is why this, I mean, just the fact that these Republican state, Republican controlled states are, um, you know, enacting these laws is surprising to me because, you know, they're all about capitalism. 
Um, no, I don't. I don't. They also like let, let's not paint them with one broad stroke. A lot of stuff that they're talking about comes from a religious standpoint and has safety of kids, um, children, particularly some children. So a lot of things that they do, like abortion, um, these quote unquote <laughs> getting rid of diversity. Um, what does that have to do with religion? Well, I'm saying that what, I, what I'm saying is they come from a religious standpoint. So they also feel like LBGT com community, uh, those things shouldn't be taught. So that is LBGTQ Q plus community is a part of diversity. Okay. So it limits that. And what that's what I mean when I say a religious aspect. Like okay. they don't want to deal with homosexuality and lesbianism and transgender and the queer community. And that's from their biblical principles. Right. And yeah. so they also try to protect their ch children. But this one. Except for when they're being shot at in school. Well, Let's not go down that road. I get well, that's it. that's what it is, though. They're they're hypocritical, you know. They want to protect kids in some senses, but not in others. So they pick and choose. They're just not consistent. That's all. all right. yeah. And let us move on. All right. So we're moving on uh, now. You can be arrested in jail if you identify with the LBGTQ plus community in Uganda. Now, the dictionary pronounces it Uganda. But my whole life, I've been calling it Uganda. Uganda. I don't know if I'm correct or if they are correct. Uh, but this is a big story that I saw this week, and it was very interesting and telling. Over 30 countries, or at least 30 countries in the continent of Africa, um, ban like same sex marriage and same sex relationships. But they didn't take it to the level where you can get arrested and thrown in jail for life. Yeah. For having homosexual, homosexual relationships. So this one is. I'm going to call it ridiculous. What say you? I I'm going to have to agree with you, and I think this this law takes it even a step further, and it will punish you for identifying as part of this uh, LGBTQIA plus community. So that is just crazy. You know what I mean? Just saying that you saying who you are could get you punished. Um, and is is a crime in in Uganda, so I think it's just very unfortunate for people who identify um, uh, as part of this community, and I just think it's wrong to criminalize people for being who they are. I mean, I believe in the sovereignty of a nation, but I think the nation should also respect each and every citizen that they that they have, regardless of who that person identifies as, you know what I mean? So they claim it's because of their conservative religious views, but 
if God is no respecter of persons, then why is the government a respecter of persons? You know what I mean? It's just, it's just a contradiction and it's hypocritical. That's just how I feel about it. So, I mean, I think, I think we should all care about this happening all over the world because you could be next. I mean, that's really the, the bottom line of it. You know, when they start to uh, target people for who they are, that could be, that could be any of us next. You know what I mean? So I just think this is unfortunate and I wish it could be reversed. What do you think? I, I went to church, um, my entire childhood, I should say that, in adolescence, like, um, and I attend church now on a regular basis. Um, Me too. But I still have a problem with people forcing other people to live by their faith or what they believe in. Um, so it's almost, it's almost like you have to understand these, uh, moral principles that are in our religion. Now, I know a lot of laws come from like biblical principles, you know, thou shalt not kill, steal, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, but in this situation, you are forcing people to step outside of who they really are and what they identify as and you're taking away their life because they may not believe or they don't believe in that part of the scripture or you know like to me are you going to jail all fornicators and adulterers okay like um so if you're calling it religious principles um are we treating everybody equal when um, are the same when uh, they break a religious law? So, and I also, to this day, like what people do in their bedrooms or in their private lives or even in their, in the public, um, how does it impact you? Why is that your, your business? Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> Um, I, I was shocked and I know how conservative it can be on the continent with religion, but I didn't think it would come to this point where they're arresting and jailing people. Yeah, that's crazy. I agree with you. I mean, the bottom line is I, I don't, I, you can't legislate what you deem to be morality. You know what I mean? You cannot. You cannot legislate that. And for the, you know, the church, I think. I mean, some things you can. Well, I. Like the steal and kill, that's morality too. Right. But people still do it. My, my, what the point that I, but the point that I'm trying to make is that I believe if the church does its job, which is supposedly to reconcile people to Christ, they claim to be so, you know, religious and conservative. Um, your job is supposed to be reconciling people to Christ. And so if you would do your job, I mean, if you were to, you, it, in other words, they're turning people off with their behavior and they're 
hatred of people, it seems, you know, and so why would anybody want to have what they claim to have if this is how they treat people? Do you know what I mean? So I think it would be, you know, if you want to be more effective, live a life that would, you know, attract people to you and, and want, and, and have them, you know, want to find out what it is you have and to be, and then they would come into the church and think as you do and live as you do. You see what I'm saying? As opposed to you trying to force them to do that with legislation. That's just, that's just how I feel about it. So. Yeah, I think um, what folks do is between them and their God, um, even if they do uh, join uh, the church, um, because I'm sure there are plenty of gay members that attend the church that I go to um, that, you know, are very active in the church. So, um, yeah, that. It, this is not a tough one to me. I just, no. I'm not understanding just, I guess people are caught up in their beliefs and how they think the world should operate. And to me, that gets into controlling other bodies and that's never a good thing. Never. I'm not, I'm, I'm not for hate in, in any ways. Me either. But, you know, this is... Uh, God is love. Right. That's the best. <laughs> God way. is love. Yeah, that's the bottom line, right? And let us move on. Okay. So as we move on from <clears throat> what's going on in Uganda, uh, there are a few weight loss shots that are helping uh, people lose weight rapidly. What did you call them? Weight loss shots. Weight loss shots. Yeah. Okay. So I know Majorno is one and Ozempic is the another one another one. That's the one we have up if you're watching us on YouTube or any of the video platforms. Um that's the shots are made for folks that have type two diabetes and for folks that are obese. Um, and it helps folks lose weight, but what's going around is a lot of celebrities um, that don't have to lose that much that are taking the shots to lose weight. And there were some complaints about what was going on in the use of it and how the um, the drug was um, running off the shelves and who, who the drug was geared toward or made for, those folks weren't getting a chance to purchase. Um, what are your thoughts? That's definitely not a good situation. I, you know, I, I think it's an interesting development that we kind of went from, you know, the whole body positive po positivity movement with Lizzo and um, accepting your weight and accepting yourself, your body as it is to this sort of 
quick fix with these um, weight loss drugs. And I just think it's a symptom of how, you know, of us living in a society that is just wants things quickly. You know, it's a microwave society. We just want everything quickly. And, um, you know, that's not always the best way. Patience is indeed a virtue. Um, and I think, you know, people, since it's, you know, so easy to do, I think people are just choosing to do that. I can definitely hear what you're saying about, you know, uh, people who are obese. I can sympathize with people who are morbidly obese and people who actually have conditions like diabetes that need to be treated with this drug. That's what it's for. And so I don't, I mean, it's not a good development here lately that people are, I think, abusing the drug because it's not meant for people who want to lose 10 or 15 pounds just to fit into a dress for a party next weekend. You know what I mean? And I think that's what people are doing. So, you know, we have to, I guess, get back to doing things, uh, especially when you have 10 or 15 pounds to lose. It's just like losing weight is simple, but it's not easy. You know, it's simple, but not easy. So it's basically calories in, calories out. But, you know, a lot of times we just don't want to do things, um, you know, I'm not going to say the right way. I'm just going to say we need to develop more patience, I would say, with ourselves, especially when you have 10 or 15 pounds to lose. On the one hand, I understand why some of the celebrities, especially actors and actresses, may need it. I don't think they should use it, but if they're like, they're trying to play a role and they're like, hey, you got to lose, you know, 22 pounds by such and such date. I, I can see them wanting the uh, drug for that. But I, I don't think that they should uh, be uh, prioritized over folks who right. have chronic illnesses. Right. Uh, I don't think you have to be morbidly obese. Obese is enough, you know. <laughs> if you're BMI, say for instance, you're 46 pounds overweight, you know, um, and not like 200 pounds overweight, I still think that if it if it's going to help you in your health, I think it can be used. I just don't think it should be used for vanity reasons, though, like people who want to lose five or 50, especially at the expense of people who actually needed to treat illnesses and things of that nature. Well, yeah, I don't think it should be used for vanity and the insurance companies don't cover it for those re reasons. Um, mm -hmm. But apparently people are still getting it, you I know. Because doctors can write anything and also if they can prescribe it. But I just think it like if you're a celebrity and you have to pay the seven or six hundred dollars and you're worth a billion dollars. Um because the Kardashians uh took it. Kim, they said Kim lost like 40 pounds or something like that. And I also think it's not it's not cool when they when they the celebrities do use it to lose a few pounds. And then they don't disclose that. And then they have the, you know, people who follow them thinking 
that something's wrong with them because they're not, they're not able to lose weight like that. You know what I mean? And people aspire to maybe emulate them and look like them, but they're not being transparent it, about exactly what lot, they're doing. There are a lot of celebrities being transparent though. Um, because if you're already small and you, you needed to lose nine pounds, folks are looking at you like, did, did you really need to lose the nine pounds? Like, especially that way. Why, why'd you, I get, I don't know. You don't want to work out anymore. I, I don't know. But, you know, I've been working out for a long time and that is a good way to stay in shape, stay in condition. But what I've learned over the years, it's what you put in your mouth. Amen. And, um, and that's hard in itself because food is very addictive. That's true. Um, I tell people, I grew up, and everybody knows uh, from my neighborhood, you can see me on a basketball court every day. And I played and played and played and played and played <laughs> hours. Um, and at that time, I would eat, and you would just, you could digest a rock back then, you know. But as you get older and you cut down on your athletic activities, you're not playing as much you still like the food yeah that you like and the older you get your metabolism slows down so that doesn't help either yeah <laughs> um so yeah it's it's, it's difficult i it's like tough. i said i understand um because i've had my battles with this uh over the years um i'm trending in the right direction um and uh, I'm hoping to get better soon myself. But, uh, yeah, I think that, you know, folks that have the type 2 and they have different chronic illnesses, they might have thyroid issues or, you know, they're just obese. I think they should be first in line for this uh, drug or shot. Yes. And let us move on. All right. So our last what's going on today is an interesting one. <laughs> it's about the dress that Sierra wore to, I believe it was the Vanity Fair after party, party um, after the Oscars. And those who are watching on our video platforms we do have the picture up uh, those that are just listening to it you know you can um google it and you'll see it's uh, it, it's it's a very revealing outfit right yes i think her arms are covered more than her body is right she has on the long opera gloves but the dress is totally sheer and see-through and then she has on a thong and then i think she may have on pasties is that a thong? yeah it is a thong yeah it's a thong and i mean a thong and and the dress is totally see-through totally sheer um it's like a fishnet really yeah but i think it's got crystals on there too and it's kind of like a halter dress, a, clear. <laughs> right? With a deep, a deep uh, neckline. 
all, right. all, all the way down to her belly button, it looks like. And then in the back, it's low cut right to where the, can the we say? Of her behind crack. Right, where the crack is at the top of her behind. Yeah, and you can see, if she, if she turns around, you can see her whole, uh, she looks, well, she is new, like, basically, in the back. If she turns around, because we got two pictures up, one from the front and one from the back. If you turn around, she's basically new. And so people had issues with the dress. What say you? I think that women should wear whatever they feel comfortable wearing. Only um, should wear. What was that? Only women should wear what they're comfortable wearing. Everyone, like, every um, person should wear whatever they feel comfortable wearing. If you don't like it, don't look at it. That's how I feel about it. So I, I think it's powerful. I think it's beautiful. It's not for me. And I would not encourage my daughter to wear such a thing. Why are you calling it powerful? Because I believe that it shows her confidence as a woman. I think she is uh, comfortable in her skin. And it just evokes uh, confidence the way she is able to, to wear the dress. Do you know what I mean? So it's clear well, that... I'm, I'm going to ask you a question, I'm, and I'm not trying to push back. There are a lot of people that might have incredible bodies, but wouldn't wear this. I didn't so mention I'm, her I'm, I'm, Huh? I didn't mention her body. Okay. Well... I said, I said every person should wear what they feel comfortable wearing. I'm trying to figure out where you're getting, why the confidence in... It just is it the confidence in revealing your nudity? That's part of it, yes. Okay. And then also the confidence of knowing that she's going to get this type of backlash from some people who are not going to like it, but doing it anyway because that's what she wants to do. So she's not allowing um, what other people might think or say about it to impact her decision to wear it. Yeah. That's, um, that's what I mean by it. it. seems like, and I'm not saying that her husband has the right to control what she wears, but I'm sure she sees and values his opinion, so he seems to be all right with it. For those of you who don't know, her husband is the quarterback of the Denver Broncos, Russell Wilson, and um, they had two children together, uh, three total. Uh, I think the the oldest son is uh, the rapper Future's son, um, and. Um, I didn't think much of this because celebrities do it all the time. I thought this was an attention getter. So my worked. my <laughs> my question is, like we talked earlier this week, why did you need the attention? 
is well, what if she wanted the attention? Uh, it's possible she might have not did it for attention. It's possible she just like, hey, this is what I wanted to wear. And by the way, her I mean, in my opinion, her body is flawless. But I mean, I could also, you know, I could see anybody could be could wear the dress if they have the confidence to do so, regardless of their body type. But I just, you know, I mean, it's flawless on the scale of what you think a good body is. In the eyes, beauty's in the eye of the, the beholder. I happen to think Sierra is a beautiful woman. I mean, she's just a beautiful woman, in my opinion. So. You know, it's not it's it's not hard for me to look at this picture, but I can also understand why some people don't want to see it or some people are offended by it, what have you. And I just say, if you if you're offended and you don't want to look at it, just don't look at it. Look away, you know, but. I think that all people should be able to wear whatever they feel comfortable wearing. And clearly this is not illegal. Especially um, depending on depending on especially depending on where you wear it. Like you can wear a thong on the beach and nobody's going to look twice. Um, I believe because she's an entertainer and this is was this at the Oscars? No. Yeah, was it was it? after okay, the Oscars. After the Oscars, which is an entertainment event, so I think it would be appropriate at such an occasion. So. It's all entertainment. I mean, we're talking about it. Every, you know, it's beautiful for some people to look at. That's entertaining. Okay. And let us move on. All right. We're going to jump on to our second plug of today, which is a brand. And the brand today is TRX. TRX is a uh, workout equipment. And I have this medicine ball, a weight ball that's 15 pounds that we use to slam down on the ground. Those of you who go to the gym and do this exercise know what I'm talking about. Um, you slam it down to the ground, you pick it up, put it over your head. There's different things you can do with it. You can do like um, rotating stuff if you're working on your abs. So, yeah, TRX, um, they have a lot of different equipment, uh, workout equipment. I have some things that that's too big to show on camera. But that is our brand. Um, Question. Yeah. So I'm just curious, like what muscle group um, it works. So when you pick it up over your head, is that working your shoulders? Yeah, it's working your shoulders, your arms. This can be used to work almost anything. Okay. And then when you slam it down, it's working your obliques or your abs or? It's working your. Your core. Or... Your core. It's okay. also working your, your triceps. Um, oh right! Okay. Slamming it down to the ground, but that's just one of the exercises, right? That you can do with this. I've seen point. people do the like the twist, and you pass it to someone, and yeah. on you both sides, back to back, yeah, yeah. You go around, so that's working. Um, yeah, the obliques too. 
So yeah, this is TRX is the brand of the day. All right. Yeah. And let us move on. We have a question. It's a question. Address the question. This is a question. So what's the question? Answer the question. Yes, the question of the week. So the question of the week this week is what gets wetter the more it dries what gets wetter the more it dries mm. yeah so last week um let me open this our question last week what what starts with an e and ends with an e but only has one letter in it. And the correct answer to that was envelope. Um, so this week, if you have the answer, you're the first to answer it. Remember, you make sure that you email us at uh, potlickershow at gmail.com. That's P-O-T-L-I-Q-U-O-R. S H O W at gmail.com. First one to answer will receive a prize from Pot Liquor. Good luck, everybody. Yeah. And let us move on. Like this. Keep it, keep on. All right. This week's little known black history fact is Maggie Walker. Yeah, so today we, we want to highlight in honor of everyday black history and women's history month, Maggie Walker. In 1903, Maggie Lena Walker gained national prominence when she became the first woman to own a bank in the United States. Maggie Walker was born to enslaved parents on July 15, 1864 in Richmond, Virginia. After the Civil War, her mother worked as a laundress and her father as a butler in a popular Richmond hotel. After her father was killed, she had to help her mother financially by working. She attended a local school in Richmond, and upon graduation, she began teaching. When she was 14, she joined the Independent Order of St. Luke's, an African-American benevolent organization that helped the sick and elderly in Richmond. She held many high-ranking positions within this organization. And in 1902, she began publishing the organization's newspaper, the St. Luke Herald, 
Through the newspaper, she encouraged African-Americans in Richmond to harness their economic power by establishing their own institutions. Walker had always focused her efforts on accounting and math, and her first business endeavor was a community insurance company for women. Then in 1903, she founded the St. Luke Penny Savings Bank. Walker was the first woman of any race to charter a bank in the United States. The bank was a powerful representation of Black self-help in the segregated South. The Penny Savings Bank not only attracted adults, but Walker worked to appeal to children by passing out banks, like little piggy banks, which encouraged them to save money. By 1924, the Penny Savings Bank had spread to other parts of Virginia and included more than 50,000 members. While other banks collapsed during the Great Depression, St. Luke's Penny Savings survived. The bank eventually consolidated with two other banks and moved to downtown Richmond, and it is still in operation today. On December 15, 1934, Maggie Walker died from complications due to diabetes. Walker's house in Richmond, Virginia has since been designated a national historic site by the National Park Service. Maggie Lena Walker, the first woman of any race to own a bank in the United States. All right, that's pretty awesome. Awesome. And let us move on. All right, so we're moving on to our last plug of the day, which is our podcast plug. And our podcast plug this week is Million Dollars Worth of Game with Gilly the King and Wallow. Very funny guys, very smart guys. Um, they give great interviews. Um, they have a host of uh, different celebrities come on their show. Um, and they are funny. So check it out. Um, they're on most almost every podcast platform um check them out and and let us move on oh hell no oh hell no hmm, before we get to that <laughs> <laughs> let us move yeah. on to Yes, so today we want to talk about culture tags. Let me hold up my audio visual. Culture tags. All right, so. Who's Culture Tags created by? 
Unique Jones Gibson, a 2007 graduate of Bowie State University, created culture tags in October of 2019 to help keep everyone entertained during the time of social isolation brought on by the pandemic. Culture Tags is a card game based on the language used on social media platforms that have become a part of pop culture in acronyms and abbreviations. The game tests users' knowledge of different aspects of social media, ranging from Black Twitter to church to daily sayings. Um, Jones Gibson says she got the idea from browsing her Instagram. She says, I was on Instagram last October and came across the post that featured an extremely long acronym and I knew what it meant immediately and I wasn't the only one. There were hundreds of comments from people who knew it as well. The more I scrolled, the more I realized that this was a game, especially since this wasn't the first time I saw people, including myself, decoding acronyms online. She said, I was searching for an idea for a game because I didn't feel like there were a lot of options that reflected our culture. And I wanted to create something that could last a while, some like some of the classics we've all come to love for decades. I also wanted to create a game because games fall within the entertainment category and entertainment is recession proof, not to mention they're fun and bring people lots of joy. So Culture Tags is available online and exclusively in Target stores nationwide. So, yeah. So basically the way you play is you just take one of the cards, you announce the category, and then you pro provide hints to, to help the other person guess uh, what the acronym stands for before your time runs out. And there's seven different categories. There's Black Twitter, church, daily sayings, family and friends, songs and lyrics, TV and film, and words to live by. So you want to try a couple? You can try. Let's try one. Okay, pick a, you said pick, you said try one, huh? Give me categories again. Okay, so the categories are Black Twitter, Church, daily sayings, family and friends, songs and lyrics, TV and film, and words to live by. Since it's Sunday, let's take it to church. I knew you was going to. <laughs> now I gotta find. I gotta find the category. Okay, hold on. Daily sayings, Black Twitter, church. All right. Okay. It's a lot of cars in here too. Okay. Here's this is all the church ones right here. That's a lot. Okay. I'm just going to pick the one on top. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Hold on. You ain't going to get this. Okay. So, okay. So I'm showing you the acronym, Dr. A. And the letters are B-H-H. -H. So this is something that you would say, you know, there's a joke, like you would say this to somebody's child. Um, if you didn't think the child was particularly attractive. And so you would look in, in the stroller and you would say, oh, B-H-H. -H. Yeah, that on. ain't a church hint, though. But people say it. I know. Give me a church hint because my mind is on church. Okay. So God, God, blank you. God bless you. Right. So is bless the first word. Yes. Okay. 
Okay, you ain't gonna get up. I'm going. You, you're supposed to be giving me hints. Um, okay, so all right. <laughs> that, 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 so okay, I've played this game before, and I just to qualify, like not you, him, not him, but her. Bless her heart. Oh my God. You can't be on my team because we would well, lose messing with you. Well, well let, let me tell you. Let me tell the audience out here. First of all, when you give, you're supposed to be giving hints, not throw it up there. I know what it is. You guess <laughs> what it is. Like I'm going to get it from some mental telepathy. Okay, you have right, to give hints. okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. Okay, let's it's try. Sort of like more. the game taboo. You're um, right. Go ahead. Go ahead. It, yeah, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to tell the audience though. Okay, you're right. It's, it's you're right. Explain the comparison to taboo. Go ahead, because that's true. Well, taboo. If y'all know you play there, there's a word that comes up, and then there are five words under it that you cannot use. Right? Uh, those are the taboo words that you can't use to help the, the person clues. guess what the word is. Yeah, to right. get the clues. So um, a culture tag is similar, right? Yeah, I mean, I can't say what it what the acronym stands for. I just have to give you hints. Like this so, is a long. This one is a right long here. one, but you're gonna get it. Okay, it's F G H T G W I T H O M L. So when you're in church and you give up, you get up to testify. You say this in the mic before you begin your testimony, honey. I know you know this one. What does everybody say when they get up to say something in church? Well, they usually say giving honor to God. That's right. That's it. That's not giving honor to God. Uh, just add the first. Uh, just add the, honor to God. The, the F stands for what? Um, You're not going to do a second. You're going to do it. Say that again. Second. You're not going to do it second. You're going to oh, do it first, giving honor to God. And, and then help me with the last, the bottom row. Um, who, who is God to you? The maker. First, giving honor to God. First, giving honor to God. Not the tail, but the. Which is the head of my life. There you go. <laughs> there you go. See, that's what I'm saying. Those are, those are hints. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm not, I guess I'm not the best hint giver, but. No, no, you are. You just got to give it. When <laughs> you see, give it, so they can be really fun at like a, you know, if you have a little Yeah, it is fun at a barbecue or yeah. at, you know, Thanksgiving dinner or whatever. And uh, I know you and your wife like to, like to entertain them. Yeah, so we you know we, we played it, it gets you know our folks <coughs> especially if they have a little sip in them, we can get a little <laughs> you know dramatic, especially when we play in teams, you know, we get competitive. So yeah, that's 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 a good yeah that's a good game. These um, are so good. Tell folks where they can get it from. Oh yes, you can get this exclusively at Target which is where I got mine from, or you can get it online. I think you can get it in, um, at Amazon. Okay. You can get everything on Amazon. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's a really fun game. I love it. And let us move on. Oh, hell now no. We'll get to oh, hell no. All right. So 
we're going to deal with Halle Berry's hater. This is someone who, uh, Halle Berry, this is after the Oscars, I believe, too. Um, mm -hmm. I, what I read is that the individual said that Halle Berry was a white passing biracial. Oh, no, um, she didn't. But after she said that, uh, people took to Twitter to excoriate her. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, as they should. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I didn't see the reason behind that. Like, what? Wh how are you a passing biracial if she is biracial? I think she's saying white pass. Is she saying white pass? What did she say? White oh. passing biracial? Yeah, she said she was a Why white. Halle Berry identifies as a black woman. She exactly. said that several times. So um exactly. And when when I identify her as a black woman just on site. If I saw Halle Berry on site, which I have, um and when you see in the movie, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, back up. You can't just say I've seen Halle Berry. Hold on. What did you meet her or you just saw her in passing? She was in a store in New York. Okay. And, and, but you didn't have a conversation. You just saw you know, her. No, I spoke to her though. Oh, I know you and, did. You know, she's very pleasant, very nice, you know, very like, you know, run or anything like that. She was a very sweet woman. Um, at the time, well, when I met this is whoo, we talking a while ago. Um, I think I was 26 or 27, so you're almost talking, Jesus, almost talking 30 years ago, uh, exactly about 27 years ago. <laughs> wow, yeah, so yeah, she was sweet, nice person. But what was I saying? Um so when you see her, like when you look at her, she identifies as black to you, right? Yes, but not only that, she identifies herself as as black. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And so you remember the character on I think it was in Living Color. Her mother. Her mother identifies yeah. us because her mother says that she's a black right, even though her mother is a white woman, right? Yeah. Exactly. So I was going to say, remember the character on In Living Color? I think it was Miss Jenkins. Was it Miss Jenkins? She said, don't nobody better say nothing bad about That's how I feel about Halle Berry. Don't nobody better say nothing bad about Halle Berry because she is a beloved member of our community. And like I said. Oh, the Wayne's sister. She said that out the window. Yeah. Right. <laughs> don't nobody better say nothing bad about Halle because we don't play that. When we, we claim our people, especially. The ones who ident, you know, the biracial, our biracial brothers and sisters, who identify as black, you know, we accept everybody, but especially the ones who who claim us, you know what I mean? And so she is a beloved member of our community. We remember her from what was it? Uh, what's the movie? She was the crackhead. Uh, Jungle we, Fever. Jungle Fever. Okay, and BAPS and all that. It's clear that Halle Berry, huh? Boomerang. Yes, all of the above. It is clear that not only does she identify as a black woman, she is a part of, you know, she has 
sort of, uh, she's entrenched in our community, you know, as part of, part of the culture, even though she has the white mother and even though she um, had a, a, a white uh, husband at one point, it doesn't matter. And it, you know, she's biracial, but she is a black woman. And so I, I think that that was not uh, the appropriate thing for that commenter to say. And I think she got the requisite backlash. So they tore her up apparently on, <laughs> on social media. And that's exactly what she gets. Mm. Don't let her come on. Give it up, give it up. All right. So this week we're going to give it up to to Tamia Potter. And partner, won't you tell our audience who Tamia Potter is? All right. So congratulations are in order for Tamia Potter. She is the first black woman to accept a spot in Vanderbilt University's neurosurgery residency program in Nashville, Tennessee. The 26-year-old received the good news on March 16th, better known to medical students as National Match Day, when thousands of graduate medical students learn where they will do their residency training for the next several years. Potter graduated summa cum laude in 2018 from a, with a bachelor's degree in chemistry from Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University, affectionately known as FAMU. And this was surprising. Only about 5.7% of physicians in the United States identify as Black or African American, according to the latest data from the Association of American Medical Colleges. And a 2019 report by the association found that there were only 33 Black women in the neurosurgical field in the United States as of 2018. That is crazy. Only 33. So before she heads to Vanderbilt, Potter will finish her studies at Case Western Reserve University uh, Medical School in Cleveland, Ohio. The first time Potter ever met a Black woman neurosurgeon was in medical school. And the representation was important because it pushed her to believe in herself. And she added that she hopes to, to be something similar for the students coming after her. Potter. Uh, knows some people will question her qualifications because of her race. She says, when you walk into the room, everybody thinks you're a nurse or maybe, or, or they may think you're a janitor. She said, a lot of people feel like when you go to an HBCU, you are sacrifice, sacrificing quality. And that is something that people should not believe. Amen. Yes. So congratulations. That's amazing. I can't believe there are only 33 black women in the field in the United States. That's crazy. Yeah, let's give it up to her. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so that brings us to a close today. And as always, we will recap. So I plugged today with Deer Park Water, TRX uh, equipment, and million dollars worth of game. Um, our wow for the week was you don't make progress by standing on the sidelines, whimpering and complaining. 
you make progress by implementing ideas. And that is from Shirley Chisholm. All right. We talked about the Utah and the social media laws, uh, Uganda and the uh, getting arrested or jailed for identifying with the LBGTQ plus community. We talked about Ozempic and the weight loss. And we also talked about the Dress Sierra Award to the Vanity Affair after party. Um, the question of the week was, what gets wetter the more it dries? Our little known black history fact was Maggie Walker, the first lady to own a bank in the United States. Um, we had a buy black segment. Um, and it was culture tags. We uh, implore you to check out the game. You can get it at Target or on Amazon. I all hell no went to the Halle Berry hater. <laughs> and we gave it up to Tamia Potter. All right. So, in pardon. So, thank you, everybody, for taking time out of your busy schedule to hang out with us. And as always, in parting, we wish you love peace, and soul. And so, y'all, we will see you next week. Thanks for riding with us.